2: to the wise men Say podcast in whatever special edition we have where we are going to be speaking to former sunderland manager dennis smith well we've already spoken to him actually part of a series as well Steve, part of a I series remember. where the wise men Say team meet the sunderland managers dennis smith is the first one we've met the others are on route as well so stick not with here. us no no they're not coming right now we've only got like drive in the fridge I, I don't know if they would take uh, take you up on the offer of a drink. Well, anywhere. if we
1: get to Peter Reid, I think but, he will need more than they
2: can. Possibly. I, I could imagine that we might have to do that from a pub somewhere. Um, myself, Stephen Goldsmith, is with Gareth Barker, as you've just heard there. As this started in 1987, 1988, we thought we'd get somebody a little bit older than us. Not that much older than us, I, I have to say, but um, writer and broadcaster and Sunderland fan, most importantly. Andy Dawson is with us. Hiya, thanks for having um, me. Yeah, it's a long time since you've you've been with us, Andy, because you've uh, got bigger fish to fry these days oh, in the broadcasting no, no, world.
0: No, no, I've always got time for you too. You know <laughs> that. He's in London now,
2: <laughs> isn't he? Milling around London. Yeah, wasn't well, he jealous? Gets to do stuff with Paul Hawkesby and that, but, which is like the dream of everybody, should, I think.
0: We should point out we're doing this at Weatherby Services in the back of the car. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So we're just going to set the interview up um, here, myself and Gareth and, and Wiseman say... Contributor Craig Clark went down to see Dennis and he invited us into his house, which was which was nice. And I mean, lovely doesn't even cover it, does it? When, yeah. you, when you're talking about him as a what house, you mean, no? No, both have yeah. a garden, yeah. But the, it was. I think
1: the uh, garden needed water, like it definitely been that, that heat. I had can't believe you were even grass.
2: observing something anyway, like my happened.
1: garden's a disgrace. Look <laughs> at the weeds out there. I mean, that's shocking. That my stepdad's coming out to so sort that out.
2: Okay, well it's good. it's good that we've gone off on a tangent already. Uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about, we're going to reflect about what that era was like as a Sunderland fan. We'll have a look at some of the signings um, Dennis made and just a bit of the landscape uh, around Sunderland at that time as well. How old were you at this point Andy um, when Dennis Smith arrived it 1987 have 87, I'd have just turned
0: 15 so during See, that,
2: some would say that's prime age for being a football fan yeah I was just going to say
0: it was, it was for me the, the Smith era was the, the boy became a man mm. and one of the memories I've got of, of that era was um, underage drinking for the first time <laughs> and it was very easy to get served or to get alcohol uh, in the central in the town which is just next to the bridge and it's called the uh, Oh, to call it oh the, Tipsy Cow. The Tipsy Cow is right, called. it yes. it's had a few names free, over there. Free plug for you there, um, Tipsy Cow. I think it had a reputation as being a gay pub. Yeah, do, it you, did what a, do you know what yeah. is It's It beautifully, the Central.
1: Beautifully placed because they used to call it the Fawcett Street Inn.
0: That's right. That's right, they did.
2: But, <laughs> you um, need to get the accent for that one to work. You do, yeah.
0: <laughs> but there was a me and a couple of other lads who used to go to the match and we'd, we'd go in the Central beforehand because um, it was notoriously easy to get served. So, uh, we all knew pubs was, like that in Sunderland, yeah. didn't we? And it was a fairly easy walk across the park afterwards as well. So that was that was good.
2: But, what, um, what had happened essentially, though, on the on the serious side, was Sunderland found themselves in Division Three for the yeah. first time in their long history. Um, it was following on from what was a, a decline in the area as well. Wasn't it with the, with the mines and the ship the shipyards yep. closing down? One ray of light like the year before that, nineteen eighty six was the first car Nissan, uh, the Nissan plant being yeah. built. So a little ray of light, and then Dennis Smith came in and he had a big job on his hands, didn't he? He,
0: he did, because, I mean, it was Laurie McMenemy that had overseen the the relegation. He said he was going to take us out of the second division, but nobody <laughs> thought nobody thought it would be out of the arse <laughs> end of it. Um, and, yeah, but when when Dennis Smith came in, um, I just remember being really impressed by him because he was straight talking, no nonsense, um, the vibe that you got was like, let's roll our sleeves up and get out of this league as quickly as we can. We felt as though there was a reboot. You know, we we, we tried to go we tried to go Hollywood with McMenemy mm. and coax him from Southampton that Big had gone money wrong was on, exactly. It? Yeah. Massive. I think he was the highest paid manager in, in the country in perhaps. the country I think yeah. at the time. Um, so that had failed, and the 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 and then was well, let's try and build again from the bottom up, and we went with Dennis Smith, who had been in Division Four with York. Um, But had done really well. Um, A new owner,
2: relatively new owner as well. And the club club, um, had gone over the overdraft and Bob Murray, who was the new owner at the time, bailed him out the season before that (laughs) as well.
1: Now clubs are like fearing going into administration (laughs) that we went over our overdraft. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Matt West sent like an
0: angrily worded letter. (laughs) Eight and a half thousand pound over the overdraft or something like that. Yeah, they're going to shut us
2: down. For, For me... I was a five year old, six year old. We were in Division three when I moved to Sunderland, where I was six year old. Right. And that was my mum and dad are from Sunderland, um, but my dad was in the army, so I was a military child. Right. Um, which was interesting because when I was down south, everybody thought I had a Northeast accent. And then when I came up north, everybody thought I sounded <laughs> like a Southern posh kid. And now I'm nobody <laughs> going to understand the
1: word. <laughs>
2: yeah, I've, 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 it's safe to say I've uh, developed the Northeast accent. <laughs> um, but what was memorable for me, I was on the cusp of liking football when I was five and six-year-old. My dad was trying. And every time we came up to Sunderland, he, he took me to Roker Park. I didn't engage in it as much as he would have liked. Mm-hmm. My brother, who's two years older than me, did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was aware of the failure of McMenemy, Yeah, that makes sense. And I was yeah. aware that it was almost like how ashamed my dad was <laughs> yeah. that we were in Division <laughs>
1: 3. The, the ultimate irony there is that you're on the cusp of liking football. <laughs> unknowingly knowing that you're on the cusp of also hating football <laughs> <as a laughs> that's London's football border. for you yeah, yeah.
2: But I, and, I, and I can remember sort of the, the shame in, in the family and stuff because we were in Division 3 <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally I, can, I remember it was almost like don't speak about this yeah, yeah, was like don't uh, speak about that, this after
0: yeah. we'd gone down in, the, in that playoff against Gillingham it was I mean, nobody really thought it was going to happen, even though we we would got ourselves in that position and have a rele- relegation playoff back then or having a relegated team in with the teams in the league below doesn't happen anymore. So that was like added jeopardy. Um, but when it actually did happen, no one kind of thought it was going to happen until it did. And then you couldn't really believe it. It was like, this doesn't happen to Sunderland. You know, oh, right. um, I mean, I'd started really supporting them in 78 when I was about six, and we'd been at the top half of the second division. Hmm. We'd had that period in the first division, but then dropped out eventually. But to to drop to the third didn't seem, you know, didn't seem like a reality.
2: You didn't have social media then, Andy, <laughs> obviously. So you didn't have all the other fans of other clubs sort of mocking you and that. What no, was it like, what was it like in, in school? Was it pretty much like, which school did you go to? Uh, but I was shiny, real comprehensive then. Right. Was, was yeah, all, yeah, so different. that's sort of Durham... Ish, it or was, was it Sunderland
0: it was, then? It was probably about, I would say about 60-40 Right. There was a few Newcastle lads, but I think the majority so was, was like? just What Sunderland. was that like at the
2: time then, Sunderland um, being in Division 3? Was it as bad then, the
0: rivalry? kind of didn't seem as though it was. There was a bit of to and fro and a bit of needle. But um, something I was going to mention a bit later on, the rivalry between Sunderland and Newcastle didn't seem to be as strong and as um, bitter then, as it, as it does now, but I think that kind of happened during the Smith era, during mm. the playoff semis.
2: It was noticeable, even for me, 6 year old, moving to Sunderland, how football crazy everyone was, and the season we won the, the third division was my first year in Sunderland, and it, it got me closer to it. It was a culture shock in many, many other ways apart from Sunderland, I have to say. I remember <laughs> walking of the shops from my nanas once in Tenor Farm, and some kids started throwing some stones at me, which I thought was interesting <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that in Cambridge and I didn't have that in Gillingham when I lived, when I lived in those I places I remember once walking up because
0: oh, you were Arby and your dad had a gun <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember putting the, the kit on innocently like you do as a child you're proud mm. you've got this lovely kit Walking up Whitley Bay where my dad lived and just getting like confused while I was like a child, yeah. but men were <laughs> stopping in the car.
0: Perhaps I'm wrong. The rivalry was quite bitter. <laughs> <laughs> still, yeah. but it but depends on what turf you're on, I suppose. Yeah, Whitley yeah. Bay.
1: Yeah. Did you do this? You remember going to the uh, Rocker Park. Park to the club shop? And would your photo taken with a third division trophy. No, I never did that. Did you not? I must well, have been I a kid thing that. I was 15
0: then, so oh, I was, 16 was, I bin. too cool for that then, weren't yeah, right? yeah, just not that. Not That's like the in, sort not of dip,
2: because like, you probably would want to do that yeah. as a grown bloke, like in your 30s, and you would want to do it as a bear, <laughs> like as a really yeah. young kid. As a teenager, I'm not sure. It's you, kind you, of like yeah. that, but
0: that period, it was like, do you want to go to the club shop and get your photo taken with a trophy, or do you want to go to Q Club on a chosen night <laughs> and drink 40 pence pints? It was either or.
2: But, really <laughs> well you missed out uh, I'll in my take opinion your word for opinion. It, it didn't start great that uh, season Andy we, we lost 2-0 at home to Chester which saw Sunderland in, in the September of that season fall at 12th in the third mm. division that is still the lowest point Sunderland mm. still, at time of recording out, yeah at time of recording <laughs> that is the lowest position Sunderland have ever yeah. been the, yeah uh, it was it
0: was it was quite reminiscent of that first um, season when we went down under Peter Reid at the stadium of light. it took a while for it to kind of, mm. a bit of a culture shock perhaps, or the fact that it was a new manager and a new a new set of players. Um But once it started to gel, I mean, what I would say about Dennis Smithwood was he had a good eye for a player. He knew the kind of player we needed for the job that needed to be done. And he, that summer he brought in John Keir. Uh, he brought in John McPhail from York. Obviously he brought in Marto Gabbiadini. Mm. Um what was quite weird so as well. Two more players.
2: Can you get the other two players? Because they, 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 those three were prominent and, and um, they're playing the side. A goalkeeper on loan from Oxford. Steve Oxford, Hardwick. Steve Hardwick. Mm. Yeah. This one's interesting because I've never ever heard this name before. Dougie Maguire. Oh God! From yeah. Celtic. Was he on loan on as well? On loan for a what, season. one game. I think he played. I don't know, but he was a young lad and he came from Celtic. I think he played one game for us.
0: Possibly he'll be on Wikipedia. He sounds like it? a scamp. Uh, he, he, had, lit, he, he sounds like
2: a wing, du- he sounds like a winger. Dougie he, was Dougie Maguire a winger? Yeah. He sounds like a winger. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna say, and, yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. He was. I'm gonna Google him in a bit. I'll be amazed yeah. if Dougie Maguire is not a winger. Yeah. that is just a a tricky. Wing, tricky winger. Tricky winger. Yeah. From Celtic. A long line wore, in the yeah.
1: lawn. Wingers of Dougie Maguire, <laughs> Terry Cook. <laughs>
2: Kevin Cooper. <laughs> I forget a lot of these players, do you know? Uh, but there were some young players in that, in, in that team already as well, weren't there, who had gone the, down. Like mean, Gordon was, Armstrong, Gary Owens. Yeah,
0: exactly. But the, then then again, there was we, we still hung on uh, the likes of Ruben Agbula and um, Eric Gates. And now, I mean, Gates was 32, I think, then. And if that was, you know, England International, he played for Ipswich and won trophies a few years prior, you would have expected a player like that to have walked. Mm if we'd had that kind of and player Ruben now... Bula
2: was with Laurie McMurray at Southampton, wasn't he? When yeah, he had he'd have there. thought
0: they'd look for a move to, to, to jump ship, but to their credit, they didn't. And they were both um, really important players in that, but, in that promotion season.
2: Can you remember, people talk about now, if Sunderland, it doesn't matter what division they're in, if Sunderland are doing well on the pitch, the, the town as it was then, Sydney mm-hmm. now obviously... Is different and it's vibrant. And your talk, your prime age, fifteen-year-old, you are going out for the first time, yeah. clubbing and stuff like that. Was that evident as well? Sunderland start doing well, and everybody's happy, and the clubs are busier. It just seemed like all the pubs and stuff get busier, doesn't it? When when you, when Sunderland are doing well, is and it because you're in them? <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think maybe it it's does. because I'm yeah. actually there. And I know yeah, exactly. If you're, there, if you're not, you're not there. <laughs> if it's bad, I, I
0: think it. it does to a point. But I think that analogy is. It's kind of rooted in in the heavy industry of the shipyards and the mines and that. And it's, if you do well on a Saturday, everyone's buoyant on a Monday morning. Hmm. And I was just um, just doing my JCSA, so there was lower levels of buoyancy.
2: <laughs> the season after that, um, just quickly, just because it was quite unremarkable, this one. Yeah. 88-89 uh, season, but he job done, got his promoted at the first yeah. attempt. But he significantly, some of the players he brought in that summer, I think. Uh, Tony Norman from mm-hmm. Hull, who was a goalkeeper who was in goal for quite a few years after that. Colin Pascoe from Swansea, yeah. who was a winger. He went on to be Liverpool's assistant manager under, under Brendan Rodgers. He's a name, a cult name for Sunderland fans. <laughs> Thomas Hauser.
0: Oh my God. Who was yeah. a German centre forward. yeah.
2: Um, who I was always told by my dad, so I'm assuming it's true, but I've never bothered to check it out. That he played for Germany in the Olympics, and we might him have then. done
0: that's perhaps why we got him. But um, he was an amateur player in the it was he when he was, was amateur was, players then, and, and he, he wasn't very them <laughs> he, 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 There might be some <laughs> hipsters who regard him as a, as one of our best players we've ever had for various <laughs> reasons, but to me, as a, as a 16 17 year old, he, he just seemed like a load of dross. What well, I do remember about him, <laughs> can I name say, the last Gordon
1: Sorry, is the uh, end of season DV. Not DVD, VHS, mm-hmm. where I think it was him, Gary Bennett, Marta Gaviadini
2: Sitting in a room.
1: They're sitting in a room oh, right. talking about the games oh, and like Thomas is talking about the games. As if he was involved. It I would like show you somewhere. back, so
2: up, like, it would show you it was someone game, say they won 3 one or something. And then it would cut to the players and go, oh yeah, I remember this game, yeah. And then yeah. Gabbiadini would be like, yeah, you just passed the ball into me here from the right door yeah. or something like that. And that was what the format yeah. was. Yeah. What the yeah. format was. Punditry was. <laughs>
0: I Terrible. think <laughs> I think I saw Thomas Houser more in Annabelles than I saw him on the pitch at Roker Park <laughs> to be fair.
2: He had a mullet and everything, didn't he? Yeah, I? the
0: full the full the full <laughs> bit. Yeah. Get just quickly getting back to that promotion season though, the the, the, the match where we sealed the, the title at Roker Park, um the crowd was thirty thousand ish. Mm-hmm. And apparently that was the highest attendance in the North East that season. Now Newcastle United were not in division three that season. Make of that what you will, <laughs> ladies and
2: gentlemen. The final sign just before we go out, um, that 88-89 season, I think some finished like 12th or 10th or something, consolidated. That's what it was, yeah. Um, Billy Whitehurst Yeah. from Reading. Does What does that name mean to you? Just a big, hard centre-forward, <laughs> just... Um... Brute
0: force. Did you ever come across him on your night out? Didn't see him in Annabelle's, no, I, I, I'm not sure what Billy Whitehurst did for fun. I think he enjoyed he a drink. definitely enjoyed a drink. He definitely enjoyed Absolutely a drink, lately. but um, I don't think he was drinking in the same place as I was. He wasn't mm. drinking 40 pence pints in Kew Club on a
2: Tuesday night, put it that way. Well, just to give you a teaser, he uh, liked to go for a drink with a very, very, probably the most famous English cricketer. Right who was at Durham at the time. Yes. So Beefy, we will hear from that. We'll hear from Dennis Smith on that. So we're, we're going to go. Beefy. We're going to oh, yeah, he's on. <laughs> and he's, uh, here he's here tonight he's tonight yeah. he's just coming in now. <laughs> yeah. um, so we move on to the uh, 89-90 season. Uh, the 1989-90 season. Season Sunderland did get promoted into the old First Division, what is now the Premier League, via the playoffs, beating Newcastle United along the way. Um, you must have been 17 now, then, Andy, by I'm um,
0: 89. I was just turned 17, 18, 18 mm-hmm. Again, by the end of the season. Some,
2: was, some would say a prime age. The, 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 for like the, a lot of prime the, age. The,
0: really? let's just say the match, the experience had become enhanced over yeah. <laughs> the t- two or three years. Well,
2: I, I'm probably just saying this because I'm thinking about wh- what stage of my football and life I was at. Because I mentioned 15 and that was like Euro 96 for me. Yeah. And also we won the league under Peter Reid the following season. Yeah. And then when I was 17 and 18 was the season we got to the playoffs and lost to Charlotte and then absolutely destroyed the league the season after. So maybe I'm just thinking of me. But like you, you said, you were going out when you were 15 year old. But I would imagine that you'd upped that a little bit by the time you were 17 by the time
0: I was 17 18 it was more legitimised I wasn't sort of sneaking into the central to get a, a couple of pre-match pints which I probably wasn't um, uh, equipped to be able to deal with but um, you know but when I started going with my dad in 1982 I was looking forward to the hot dog when I got to the, yeah. to the match but um, by 89-90 it was very much looking forward to the Labats.
1: what is the what is the progression because you obviously you're talking about the hot dog mm-hmm. At that age, surely you, it's did they have soccer camps then? Remember like soccer yeah, camps Yeah, the, the Bobby summer? Charlton
0: Soccer School was around then. So, I remember the seeing summer. that
1: in the back of like and yeah. like all that where you'd go. If we had i I'll talk about the ones on the late ones, but yeah, we had when I was a kid I went to a few, they went up a residential one at Durham. Nick Pickering.
0: Blimey. I played five aside with Nick Pickering at Harrington Y M C A this'll have been about eighty three, I reckon and whoever ran the YMCA had invited some of the Sunderland players along to do an appearance, and then they got involved in a five-a-side tournament that we had, so Nick Pickering was there, Ian Atkins was there, Venison might have been there, but that was, that was quite memorable. That wouldn't be <laughs> a memorable yeah. team. Memorable. Yeah. A good a yeah, team. Yeah, me up front put, putting the goals <laughs> in. So. Yeah, that wouldn't happen now, would it? No, no, I don't think
2: so. Hiring for your small business?
0: If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: What had really formed by this point was the, the partnership up front between Marco Gabidini and Derek Gates. This was the third season these guys were playing together and they, they, it was clear they were going to fire us further up the league this time round.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the, the team in some places was a bit pedestrian, but with them two up front, you were always guaranteed something was going to happen. Um, like we see he Dennis Smith had... had bolstered the team he was he was trying to build a team to get out of that league Um, and as that season went on it seemed as though they grew and grew in confidence and getting into the playoffs was it it didn't seem like it would happen early on but then as the season went on it felt as though Mm. the inevitability about Mm. it and we were kind of rumbling towards that and sure enough
2: uh, we got ourselves in the position where we got to play Newcastle. The enormity of a game like playing Newcastle in the playoffs, which I can't, just can't get my head around that.
1: Imagine it now. Uh, exa- well,
2: that's what I'm going to come on yeah. now. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah.
1: happen. They'd have to just go, none of you is yeah. going up. Yeah. 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 Neither are you going up. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, we're get on that now then, because, I mean, imagine... Poli- I mean, You know what a derby game's like now, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, the media interest it has. Can you imagine... Playing a derby game against Newcastle in the playoff semi finals to, to, g- right. to get promoted to the Premier League.
0: Personally, this is where I think the rivalry went up a notch mm. and started to become really bitter because I was at the Rook Park leg, the first leg, which was the nil nil. I think it was a Sunday lunchtime. It was
2: nil nil, yeah,
0: and uh, it was nil 0 It wasn't a great match because it was so much tension and, and the atmosphere was just was just aggressive, and, and you know, um, and then we got the penalty in the last minute. Which Paul Hardiman missed, but then he tried to kick John Burridge's head off, and got a red card for that. So that just upped the ante even further. It's just what you wanted a derby game. This it? <laughs> exactly what you wanted a derby game. Yeah, I think possibly that. But as well, we hardly played them in the eighties. I think there was only two seasons in the nineteen the eighties. Three possibly where we actually were in the same league as them. So, out of sight, out of mind, kind of thing. But then that season, we were both chasing for promotion, mm. and it, almost inevitably, we ended up playing in the playoff semi-finals. Mm. If it had been the final at Wembley, good God, that would have been chaos. But thankfully, it was just the, it was the semis. Um, and I think that the, the atmosphere and the fact that that first leg ended like it did with the sending off, and that just ramped up the tension for the second leg a few days later, and for us to then go and win it in their backyard. Mm. And then their fans invaded the pitch after the second goal. That kind of lit the blue touch paper for the atmosphere that we yeah, have now between the two. This, been because been it, been when us, you when you talk to people older than me, a lot of people would go and watch Sunderland one week and watch Newcastle the week after, and it was neither here nor there. You, you weren't as affiliated as you are now. It wasn't as, as 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 tribal as it is now. This is going back to the sixties, I reckon, early seventies. Mm. But um, I think I think it was, it was probably that season I reckon that just took it up to the next level to the level that it's at. And has been since then, really. Um I think
2: speaking to Dennis and speaking to some players, uh, we've we've spoken to Baldy mm-hmm. about this and and uh, Gary Bennett about this. And the feeling from all of those guys was that Newcastle and the Newcastle players thought they had done the job after drawing yeah. 0-0 at Roker Park. Newcastle finished yeah. above Sunderland that season. I they think was it was third third. We were third six. Well.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we went into that second leg very much the underdogs, and I. I didn't fancy our chances at all. I thought that was kind of it. We came away from that 0 0 first leg thinking, well, we've had a crack, but we'll not get anything up at St James's. But then we got that early goal in but the did, second leg. And, did, um,
2: did, did you go did, did, did did you, to the St James's game? No, I didn't go to that. My one. memory oh. for that game again, this is, I mean, this not only would be on Sky or Telly now, but it would be prom- would promote the arse off it, wouldn't it? Yeah. And build it up all week. My memory from that was my dad and my brother and two of my uncles. Um, sitting in there with dining room on dining room chairs, crowded around the radio. Radio experience it was. Um, yeah. Listening yeah. to the game and yep. going absolutely ballistic. Certainly the second goal where Gabby Dini scored and was quite late and you knew that was it. And it was game yeah. over and we were at Wembley. Just going mental. And, yeah, and, well, and, and, trying- and that, that's when I thought I'll have a bit of this. <laughs> but, but, but what happened was because I didn't go to all of the games then, they didn't buy me a ticket for Wembley. Um, and I remember not kind of, I was only nine, so I couldn't really understand why they did. I woke up in the morning and then they were getting ready to go to Wembley, my dad and my brother, and my uncle and everybody in all the scarves. And I, I started to get a bit upset because I was like, well, mm. I, I want to go. Yeah. And they are like, well, well, you haven't got a ticket? And I couldn't get my head around why I couldn't go. was yeah. the
1: best, really. Well, was a very good game, was it? What
2: my mum said was, um, don't worry, we'll go to Metroland. <laughs> Oh, well. And, and we'll go to McDonald's and you can have two hamburgers and, and I was happy with that at that time
1: <laughs> you were in the wizard's castle with a Big Mac
2: yeah, um, yeah. you
0: didn't you did miss much I was down at Wembley for that you mm. didn't miss much it was a terrible match what
2: was your experience like going down to Wembley a 17, 18 year old what did you do did you go down on a coach we and on, get cans yeah in we or? went down
0: on a coach um, we didn't have too much to drink because I think we didn't want to spoil it we wanted to save the See the occasion. Very sensible of you. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, changed since then. Um, but it was. I don't remember that much about it. I just remember it being an awful game. And we couldn't um, get the ball off them, could we? Nah, nah. It, it was it Swindon. Was like
2: Ozil was Swindon manager, and they were knocking the ball about. Where was, was Glenn Hoddle in that team? Um, Did he sign the season after? He, I think he was player manager after, was that, he player old, manager he? after that. Was he Player manager after that was it? He might have been. He might have been player. Oh, the
0: was player manager. The, the, he, was oh, he was. He was the, manager. the manager. Oh, Dayles was the manager, and, and he
2: had his team just as well. Playing, he was in Newcastle after that. Or was he? Yeah, or he pre- left Swindon. Still, he, yeah.
1: you could smell it on them, couldn't you? <laughs> but then,
0: but then, all the stuff came out about the financial irregularities at mm-hmm. Swindon, and it looked as if they might get demoted. Um, and when that came out, I just remember thinking this is a done deal, this is happening. I felt, I felt like it was fate, the fact we'd had Newcastle in the semis and beaten them on their own patch.
2: So when did you start to hear, when did you start to get whispers of this financial... I'm
0: not issues? sure when it became in the public domain, but I remember when... We found out that they'd been relegated and we'd been promoted because it was during a World Cup match that was on an Italian 90 match. It was Des Lynham that announced it right. at half-time during the match because I was with a couple of my mates in the uh, the 147 snooter Club. Yeah, which is still there. It's still there. Um, so we, we were yeah, in there. Yeah. It's, it's Sloan's plain... Sports Bar it's now. It's Sloan's now, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah okay. So we we were in there watching the World Cup and having a couple of pints. Um mid-afternoon, and it, it the news broke that Sunderland had got promoted. So um, it was cigars all round because you we were allowed to smoke in the, indoors in them days. So it was pints and cigars all round, and it was Des Lyman that brought the news. So, um, yeah, but it but it, it, it felt like um, there was inevitability about it. It felt as if it was our destiny almost, even though we'd lost the final at Wembley. When this sort of thing about the irregularities came out, I kind of thought, we're getting up here this is going to happen and sure enough it did and still you the only time I think, think...
2: That, that that's ever happened somebody's lost the playoff <laughs> final and then and still yeah. got promoted can yeah.
1: you imagine that now say we beat Newcastle got the playoff final lost imagine social media now the Newcastle oh final, god and so especially as players. we'd
2: finished 6th and they'd been 3rd well, they, oh, Newcastle or the, they tried to the yeah. appeal the decision yeah. and said they, they should have been yeah, promoted it's just made it all the more sweeter did they take it to <laughs> Parliament this time that's what I'm saying. Can you just the whole thing about that fixture now just blows your mind? So Sunderland are in the First Division, 191991. Dennis Smith said, um, "Well, I, I won't do spoilers for, it, but I think I think there's a an acceptance around players, fans of that time that Sunderland just weren't good enough for the we were First Division." Depth. Yeah, yeah, we, we were season. at about
0: depth. I mean, he, he built um, he built a good a good side, but like I said, in that promotion season. We were quite ordinary, apart from the two lads up front, apart from Gabadini and Gates. There was an ordinary. Pascoe was was quality, mm. um, and and Gary Bennett obviously stood out because he played in that league before. But then, once we got up there and we were we were playing teams week in and week out and losing, and it just we you knew that um, we were probably going to go down. It wasn't they weren't going to turn it around or improve it as the season went on. And really, we should have gone down a lot sooner than we did because only two teams got relegated in yeah, that season because yeah.
2: they were the of the league, they, they, they were expanding it oh sorry they were expanding. Yeah, four, four, yeah that's right
0: yeah. four went up and two went down because right. it was it was just a 20 team league and it went back up to 22 again so I think we were something like we would have been seven points mm-hmm. adrift of fourth from bottom so but um, yeah that, that season um, there was, I mean there was some highlights it was great because we were back in the top league again we hadn't been there for a few
2: years couple of good um, wins beat Manchester United at home too quite well. early in the
0: season we beat Manu yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Kevin Ball was signed that summer
0: yep again that thing about Smith having an eye for a player Ball mm. was a brilliant signing but um, like I say it was it was the writing was on the wall quite early on but to take all the fans down to Manchester City on the last day like we did that is just peak, so peak this, Sunderland this was
2: last game of the season Sunderland quite slim chance of survival really they yeah. had a win and hope they Luton. no not Luton yes Luton yeah, but, yeah, yeah Luton, Luton. Luton lost Derby had already gone mm-hmm. Luton were playing Derby as well so already relegated last game of the season Sunderland took 15,000 fans yeah. down on Main Road it was that was mad, m- that it? was my very first away game I, was, <laughs> was it? I, was 10 I wasn't year- at that one I was 10 year old and I just the whole experience it was like a cup final in a way mm-hmm. and then Gary Bennett and Marco Gabudini it seems fitting that those two scored in that game actually although it doesn't because we lost so maybe not that fitting Um Niall Quinn scored two for Manchester City. <laughs> yeah. um, More and, about
1: him later in the series. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that was the the first time I kind of... Because I was always getting a fed to me that Sunderland are a, are a big club actually. But from my, the way I could see it when I was seven, eight, nine, ten was, well, I, I'm not sure I see it like that because there was yeah. a lot of Rogo Park, which was shrinking in size. Um, it was starting to crumble by that point. Um, that was the first time and I thought I know what my dad's talking about now yeah, actually definitely. not many fans have the capability yeah. of taking 15,000 fans and you, um, you'll
0: still you'll still get Manchester City fans to this hmm. day who were there who will see I've never seen anything like that because hmm. it was just unreal
2: but almost inevitably we got relegated oh, of course um, what was quite interesting again that day is um so, this was before social media, before Sky Sports would have been updating everybody with the score. So, people relied on fans with the radios, the mobile radios in the, in the crowd and was stuff. Was that on telly
1: the game? No. Um,
2: so, what happened was, um, at half time, ta- or just before half time, my dad shouted out saying, McCarford scored. McCarford at the time was playing for Derby. he'd been playing for Luton prior to that he was playing for Derby so everybody cheered and everybody started celebrating thinking like this is going to happen and Luton are losing and then the half time scores came on and Luton were winning, and I remember my dad getting lots of abuse by drunken fans around him and stuff like that, saying, what are you talking about Luton are winning? He actually scored an own goal. Ah, oh, no, right. So um, my dad heard that on the radio and shouted out and then give this misinformation out to people. Sunderland who, fans who, as well, Sunderland not he? Sunderland fans, yeah. yeah Sunderland. So, so yeah. for like 10 minutes or so, Sunderland thought that um, Luton were losing when they were winning, which is a very vivid memory. He joined memory. us
1: after
2: that. Yeah, a yeah, yeah a short spell, that, didn't he? yeah. It, yeah. 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 Did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't do great, but he's Sunderland lad, isn't well, he? there's a lot, of <laughs> there. Yeah, there's loads of them. We could do a three. On on that
1: one. They didn't they? do great. Would be the, <laughs> like the, that. Should be on the, the badge in, instead.
0: But it was a great era. It was a really. It was, it was always interesting. You know, we were either apart from that second season after we'd been promoted. Um, it was always a, a promotion or a relegation. There was always excitement, and uh, it always seemed as though he was slowly building something. You know, I keep saying this, he had an eye for a player in my opinion mm. and it always seemed as though he was it was leading towards something. We got out of our depth um, in the first division when we went up but that was just because he'd overachieved, if anything. Mm. But um, I, I have nothing but fond memories of Dennis Smith, to mm. be honest.
2: And he'll always be remembered as the manager who took us from the third to the first division. That's what um, fans from that era and generations say. We loved meeting him and we loved speaking with him and we've got that interview with the man himself.